0: All right, let's do it. As I start every something new every week, we start with birthdays. So this week's birthdays, a selection of my Facebook photography friends in our community. All right, here we go. David Bergman, happy birthday. Melissa Carl, Molly Gosney Beal, happy birthday. Karaminder, happy birthday. Uh, let's see who else we got here. Yervant's birthday was, is this week. Bobby Couchy. Melody Hood, happy birthday. Joao Carlos, happy birthday, dude. Sabrina Dang, let's see, who else? John McGilliot, Charles King, dude, happy birthday. He's definitely a very good dude in our industry. Ian Sinclair, happy birthday. Thomas Agost. uh, Luis Luis uh, Urtaza, happy birthday. Oh, wow, Matthew the Body. Kemet Mueller's birthday is this week, I didn't know that. Victor Ha, happy birthday. Uh, Camilla Toole. Dave Williams, wow, it's a big birthday week. Laura Eaton, Casey Dittmar, uh, Lindsay Height, Kate Haley, Daryl Bruton, Mike Long's birthday. I think he's got a big one coming up this week. Happy birthday, dude. Uh, David Beckstead, I haven't heard from you in a long time. Happy birthday. Uh, Winifred Churchill, well, he's actually a dog that I photographed once with a couple. Kevin Focht, happy birthday. Lee Mann, happy birthday. Chris Stewart, Elena Hernandez, Uh, Let's see. Who else? I think that's it. That's, That's this week's birthday. If I missed you, I'm sorry. Happy birthday to you. Let's move on to this week's episode of Something New Every Week. Hey there. Thanks for tuning in to Something New Every Week with your host, me, Jason Group. Each week, I'm going to give you something new that's happening in our photographic world. Just some great conversations with my friends and what's going on right now. Something new every week is sponsored by Miller's Lab. Miller's Professional Imaging is the largest professional lab organization in the United States. They provide professional prints and press products for professional photographers in all 50 states and Canada. And they're just a great company. If you don't know them, go check them out. MillersLab.com All right, another episode of Something New Every Week. Hope you guys are doing well out there and enjoying some of this spring weather wherever you're at, uh, spring or winter if you're on the other side of the world, uh, or fall, I guess. Um, but uh hope you guys are all doing well. I am uh, excited to be heading out for my first vaccine appointment in about an hour, and uh, looking to maybe put my COVID behind me. But I'm excited this week because I have something brand new. Uh, I have Kathy, Ka- Kathy or Kathleen?
1: Uh, Kathleen's fine. Kathy's fine? Yep.
0: Okay. Kathy Ricker, who is from the DMV. And, and you're one of the first people that I've had on the show that I don't know very well. And I'm excited to get to know you. And um, so uh, I was introduced to you by Ken Pack. And, uh, he insisted that I interview you. And, um, I'm glad that he did because I'm looking at your work. You do absolutely beautiful work and it looks like you're really taking, uh, um, a different approach to it, which we'll get to. Um, you're based in the, in the DMV in the Washington DC, Maryland, Virginia area, which is a great area to live in. Um, and, um, so, so say hello. <laughs>
1: So, yeah, hi, I'm Kathy, and uh, as you said, based based in Maryland, right in Frederick. We just moved here in the, into the country area right before COVID, so perfect timing. actually have trees around our house. Um, and <laughs> I am a wedding and wildlife photographer, so uh, I focus on a lot of wildlife, specifically in conservation. Okay. And about four or five years ago, I started leading photography tours to not only teach people photography, but also teach conservation so people can understand the importance of um, wildlife in our environments and keeping them safe and how uh, communities also play an impact on keeping the animals protected.
0: And, you know, that's, I I love that you've combined weddings and events into adventure photography. There are very few people that have done that. And I love when photographers really find that that special niche. And, you know, so often in my travels with photographers, when you can combine the things that you love so much and then, you know, bring it into weddings and, you know, combine those two things. There's very few people that have done that. And um, so, you know, I'm not super outdoors guy, So like my idea of camping is getting a flat tire on the interstate. So, (laughs) so I'm looking at your work and I'm like, wow, that's a lot of nature. But what I love that you've done is you've not only taken, you know, two things that you love to do, but you've also, you know, incorporated doing some good and giving back as well. And that's just a trifecta of amazingness. So, um, Good for you. But I, I, so you said that you're not originally from DC. So tell me about how you got to DC and, and, you know, your kind of your journey into photography.
1: Sure. I'm actually from New York too. Oh, you are? Yeah. So I went to high school up by West Point in a town called Newburgh. And um, then after that, I came down here for college, got a degree in photography, uh, did everything in film. After I graduated, they handed me a digital camera and said, here you go. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> Everything I learned is a dark room.
0: Oh my gosh, so, I um, love it.
1: Yeah, and then my first job was actually, I worked for Disney. I don't know if you know PhotoPass for those Disney freaks out there, but oh. I was part of the team that started that a long time ago. Oh no, so I didn't know So we did all the I'm technical fucking... stuff behind that and developed that whole program. And wow. Yeah, and then I got into weddings. So that's been almost 18 years that I've been shooting weddings and portraits. So long, long time watched we were I was joking around with another photographer the other day how we've watched the trends change from like the painting back of like the flowers and photos to like print <laughs> editing techniques. <laughs> like, wow, you know you're getting old in this business when you can say you've seen the different trends in photography.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I I never got on board with that trend, that black and white. What's it called? Uh, oh darn it. Um, I forget what that's called, but so new grew up in Newburgh. I'm a Rockland County guy, so Ah, we didn't grow up. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up in Pearl River. So maybe 20, 25 minutes from you up the Palisades Parkway. Right.
1: I've done a few weddings in Pearl River. That's a really nice area.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It was a great place to grow up as a kid and and where you grew up was also beautiful. Shot lots of weddings in West Point. Um, and I forget some of the catering halls that were up there. There was some good ones. Uh, I'm sure you shot at the Perver Hill Hilton, which was a was a nice place. Yep. Yeah. So, and then so you found yourself in D.C. And then, well, no, you must have wound up in Florida first for the photo pass thing.
1: Yeah. So I was there for about four years, and then we came back to Maryland, and okay. have been here since then. And that's about when I kicked off my own wedding photography business. I had a bunch of sorority sisters from college who were getting married, and was like, "Well, this is a perfect time." <sighs>
0: isn't that how so many of us wind up getting into weddings? It's hilarious. Um, Okay. So uh, you're in the DC area now and um, you find yourself starting to shoot some weddings. You had always had a love of, you know, adventure and and stuff like that. So tell me about how, you know, you started combining those two things.
1: So about five years ago, there, there had kind of been a small trend. I don't know if I'm sure you guys all know Charlton Churchill. Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, he had done the wedding in Yosemite, and I had actually before he even went to Yosemite, I had met him at a after dark workshop, and we were just talking back and forth about different travels. I had just gotten back from Antarctica, so we were talking about um, things that we were planning to go to, and uh, so he kind of lit that inspiration. It was like, oh, why can't I just bring these couples to the places that I'm traveling to and do Photoshop, photo shoots with them. So that was kind of the first way that I started. And then uh, as I was traveling, so if I went to Iceland or if I was going out to a national park in Yosemite, I'd ask people, Hey, do you guys want to come with me? Mm. And as that developed um, now that I do the wildlife tours, I now convince people to also come with me to places like Kenya and Uganda and Antarctica and say, you know, these are like once in a lifetime, you you knock out your honeymoon and your wedding, you're never going to be able to experience all of this for your wedding photos. So you might as well come on a crazy adventure with me.
0: <laughs> so I, that's that's amazing, and I want to I want to talk about each one of those places that you've gone to. But <laughs> so after dark, which after dark was it?
1: Oh my gosh! You remember the city? So it was St. Louis. I've oh, okay. I went to New Orleans and St. Louis. Okay. So that was a long time ago. Yeah, it was Actually, a long time I ago. I can't remember how I met
0: Ken. Probably not at After Dark, but it's it's interesting that you 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 were at those. I didn't go to the St. Louis one, and I I taught at a couple of After Darks. That's why I was asking because I was like, well, I'm sure we have crossed paths a bunch of times. Oh,
1: definitely. I just,
0: just didn't even know. And I think I was at the New Orleans one. But anyway, uh, it is always interesting, and I love making the points of how you know going to in person workshops and doing things like that, like After Dark, where there's a lot of immersion with other photographers and and networking with other photographers where you're working side by side, whether he's teaching lighting and and Charlton is a, is a super nice guy. And, and he was the, you know, when it comes to mind for that kind of work, he's one of the first people that I think of for, you know, kind of this adventure photography, but he seems to have kind of dialed into a, you know, USA parks niche. I don't know whether that's on purpose or not, but really being able to do that, I'm sure, you know, and maybe it's just because he, you know, has done a bunch of them there and just from an SEO perspective, that's how clients are finding him. Mm -hmm. But, you know, getting into workshops and stuff like that, you know, if you're a newer photographer or, you know, somebody like myself who's a grizzled veteran, (laughs) uh, you know, it's those things that, that, you know, really spark, you know, new directions that we can go in and, um, I can't wait to, to get back out there and, and see people again uh, at these things. So, um, you know, you, you on these treks that you've done, mm-hmm. you know, I see everything from like, and I, I want to go on an Antarctica elopement. Um, <laughs> I, I want to go the next time you do that, but so you decided that you want to do these, these, these treks and, you know, you put it out to the world that, you know, you want to do these things. Tell me a little bit about you know, the, the, the challenges that you have getting into some of those places and doing something like this?
1: Well, the biggest challenge is finding people who want to pay that much money. So you really have, (laughs) especially like Antarctica, there's a, I mean, it's for two people. It's about what it would cost for an average wedding in the U S for two people to go Wow. to include my fees in there. But, um, so you really have to kind of get into those people that are like the once in a lifetime experiences, that are, maybe not have disposable income, because I've been there a couple times, and I definitely don't have disposable income, but um, who are willing to kind of take take their savings account and say, okay, I'm only living once, I'm only going to get married once, this is what I want to do. The wedding I did photograph in Antarctica happened to be a fluke. I was going down and I contacted the guy who was booking the trip and said, I'm looking for a couple who's getting married there. And he goes, well, I'm going down on the same trip as you and me and my partner who've been together for 20 years are finally going to get married with our kids in Antarctica. And I was like, Oh, perfect. There we go. Book the wedding, got a discount on my trip. And, uh, that worked out well. And then there was a couple who just got engaged on the trip. So I was able to book their shoot from there. So sometimes it's just kind of going with whatever is going on too.
0: Right. And so I'm looking at your website now and, and I'm seeing like what that what a trip would entail.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> this map. I'm uh, like,
1: it's so
0: it, is that the southern tip of, of South America? Is it Ushuaia?
1: Yeah, so you start in Ushuaia uh-huh. and then go down. The best part about that trip, uh-huh. so Antarctica is amazing to begin with, but um, South Georgia is a place like no other I've ever been. You're, so they only allow 100 people on a landing at a time. So you're standing there with literally wow. 500,000 penguins surrounded by glaciers and waterfalls and beautiful majestic peaks and it's just the most magical place you could ever be. And it's just, Oh, it's like heaven. If you're an animal lover, it's like heaven. I mean, wildlife, just nature in general. Yeah. It's a beautiful place. It just looks so I I
0: love going to remote places, animals and me, unfortunately I'm like allergic to everything on the planet, (laughs) everything. Like right now, I don't know if you can see my eyes. Like I I am, my eyes are exploding from, from being Uh, outside. It's terrible. And you think, and and it's when I went to an allergist when I was younger, and they say that when you get older, your allergies kind of subside. And I'm not seeing it. There's no benefit there. No. But so so do you do you go to Ushuaia first, and then you go from there, or are you going to the Falkland Islands?
1: You catch the boat, so you catch a cruise ship, and then you're on the cruise ship for 19 days, and that's the Falklands, um, which is also a really awesome island, and then um, South Georgia which is like a section of islands. And then you go straight down to the Antarctica Peninsula
0: from there. Wow. I mean, again, and I'll share um, your link to your, it's loveandadventurephoto.com. Um, And you can see this journey that that you take. There's the cruise ship that also looks amazing. (laughs) 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 I'll just go on the cruise and take pictures (laughs) from the ship. Um, Oh, there's the penguin. So I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like like loving this as we're talking. And it looks like you have a trip planned coming up in November, huh?
1: Yeah. So we're going actually during the solar eclipse. So we'll be able to, the goal is to find a couple who actually wants to have their ceremony during the solar eclipse. And then they'll be able to do photo shoots throughout the rest of the trip. But that I mean, that's literally a yeah. once in a lifetime opportunity to get yeah. married in Antarctica during the solar eclipse. So
0: that, that sounds amazing. So mm-hmm. and how long have you been doing these, you know, the adventure things before you after you start start shooting weddings?
1: Uh I think it's been about five years. So okay. and it's a slow uptick because I've been so busy with local weddings that right. you kind of have to Figure out little bits in between. Uh, Last year was probably the biggest year with um, with travel elopements and weddings because people were (laughs) able to do weddings. weddings. So um, all right, so let's
0: so let's go there. And as much as I'm trying, it's so funny. I started this podcast right at the beginning of the pandemic, and I, I and not because of the pandemic, I had gotten like two or three episodes in, and then it was like, boom, yeah. um, pandemic. So like the next six months of episodes are all about the pandemic. And then finally, around the fall, I was like, I can't talk about this anymore. Like it is uh-huh. just I would tell, tell everyone at the beginning, of the interview, I won't talk about anything else but the pandemic. But now that we're coming out of it, I feel like it's important to talk about it. And so let's just talk about, you know, what's happened to you the last year. And, and I haven't interviewed a ton of wedding photographers. Ken, I had last week. All of your weddings, I'm assuming for last year, you were done.
1: Well, so it kind of went, and I'm actually just doing my review of 2020 now. I'm a little bit late, but um, it went in a roll. I, mean, I guess for everybody, a kind of like coaster. a roller coaster yeah. ride, yeah. where in April everybody was not sure kind of what was going on. So I had all my May and June weddings canceled, right. and then people who were canceling and rescheduling decided that they were going to change and do something else. So I had couples who were supposed to get married in D.C. and then decided to go to Utah because mm-hmm. they actually live in Utah and they got married in Utah. I had couples who got married at their horse barn in Colorado mm-hmm. and people who were like, well, we're just going to do our wedding at a local park or backyards. So and when I think back on it, I mean, sitting there and realizing all the business that you were losing. <laughs> <what>? <laughs> I I'm sorry to be dilap. I know. <laughs> you just, I mean, how many of us cried in our pillows? Like, what am I gonna do now? Yeah. But at the same time, when I look back on 2020, I'm like, you know, that was the best year of shooting weddings because I was shooting people that actually wanted to get married. It wasn't about the wedding anymore. It was mm-hmm. about the couple and about how resilient they were and how they wanted to make sure that they had a day that meant something to them, not something to show off to all their friends and family. And Yeah. Yeah, yeah and just,
0: that's that's a, a lot of what I've got, of, you know, the people who did shoot weddings last year. It was about the love between the two people and and you know, not not getting it done, but like, you know, getting it done, right? Because they love each other so much and they just want to, you know, be married and the wedding party didn't didn't matter. If they could be with some of their family, it was great. And, you know, whatever they could do to just do it. So, and, you know, what else I found is how appreciative people were. I mean, you know, for you to get to Utah was probably quite a journey during COVID times. And, you know, the people were so appreciative that that you could be there to capture those moments. And mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to seeing like 2020 in review with wedding photographers to see this just must be such unique, intimate moments?
1: Oh my gosh. It's just, it's, uh, looking back, I think that those are all my favorite weddings. Mm. And it, also you got to know the couples so much more. And, right. I mean, and many of us are shooting like two or three weddings of theirs. So like a couple of my couples who got married mm. last year are now gonna have something this year or something next year. So mm. you get to really start a bond with those same couples mm. because you're seeing them four, five, six, seven times where normally you see them once, twice, maybe if you do an engagement session.
0: Right, right. And that's, that's an interesting point that, that I didn't think about. And I know a lot of photographers, if they've gone and done the little ceremony and yeah. then they're going to go back and shoot the party later on. I want to be at those parties because those parties <laughs> are know. just going to be like this year as things start to open up now. I've been, I, I've been also looking forward to like, you know, I think 2022 is going to be like, you know, the roaring twenties, like just, you know, crazy parties and, but I don't know, we'll see. I mean, it may take a while for people to 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 come out of this. So, you know, I, I was wondering if you could offer some advice and I'm going through your pictures and you have a lot of there's a lot of technique involved in what you're doing. It's not just you going out there and snapping pictures and you know, I see beautiful skies, sunsets. What advice from a and I'm sure you have to kind of be a little nimble, right, with your gear that you bring, you know. <laughs> um-
1: my poor gear. <laughs> 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 Nikon's probably like, huh, did you break this again?
0: <laughs> <laughs> they call you up. They're like mad at you they, because you're abusing the gear so much.
1: Oh, my gosh. If, if they had a tester that like took it out and like slammed it against rocks and like brought it into ice and in the hot spots and I would be the perfect person.
0: <laughs> you hear that, Nikon?
1: Something. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you hear that? Is there any advice you could give as far as, you know, the gear that you bring or, you know, stuff like that as far as, you know, how you're traveling and, you know, stuff, you know, from that yeah. perspective?
1: So I, um well, when I'm shooting, I pack light. So mm-hmm. a lot of people bring tons of stuff with them. I bring two camera bodies. Mm-hmm. Uh, 24 to 70, 70 to 200 are pretty much my staple lenses because I can get anything I need in those two lenses. Right. Um, and then a flash or two. So everything that I have fits in one backpack because if I carry so much stuff out there, I'm going to get tired faster. So I like to be able to move quick because sometimes I have to jump up a couple rocks faster than they do because there's a great shot of them walking together and having some type of moment. So packing light is a big thing for me. And I do most of my weddings, whether it's um, elopements or weddings like regular – I don't know what regular weddings are anymore. but. (laughs) (laughs) So <laughs> any bigger weddings, I do most of them by myself. So I tend to always pack later. Okay.
0: And and how is how is next year looking for you? Are you finding things that are open, opening back up again? The inquiries are coming in? Or it's, it's really just kind of a slow like?
1: Uh, for me so far, it's been pretty slow. Okay. Um, but I think that my thought is that January, I think, not January, uh, September and October, mm-hmm. I think we're going to all be slammed again. I think yeah. people are waiting to see what's going on with the vaccines. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it's going to be a mad rush. So
0: I could not agree more. That's exactly what my prediction is, is that, you know, the spring is going to kind of be a slow trickle. People that have already had weddings booked or, you know, deciding last minute that things are opened up enough that they're just going to do it. But come September, October, again, as we get through the summer, I think, and especially I think for you, where, you know, you probably are a little more last minute because they're smaller and they don't Mm -hmm. have to book somebody out, you know million years in advance and I think that you know people are going to get booked up quick so you hear that people be ready be ready yeah I
1: was going to retire early and then I was like oh 2022 might not be the smartest <laughs> year to retire that was so. my
0: plan too it didn't work out <laughs> like, um,
1: like I'll do something else in 2022 and I was like no that'd be dumb Why would I do that? <laughs> like, you have three years worth of couples all ready to get married so
0: mm. So I want to spend some time talking about the giving back. And, you know, you say that when you're not shooting weddings, you're a huge advocate for wildlife and human rights. You have started a trust called – is is that you, Sheldrick Wildlife Trust? Uh,
1: Sheldrick Sheldrick Wildlife Trust is already in Kenya. So what I do is – in each of my clients' names kind of to – most of them already know about the organization because they know how obsessed I am with elephants and wildlife. Um, There's an organization that takes elephants who have – been uh, orphaned because of poaching or because they've fallen into water holes and they rehabilitate them and then they bring them back into the wild within five years so uh in order to get my clients to know about that and to feel compassion like I do I will adopt an elephant in their name so that they get the little adoption packet and emails talking about their baby elephant which really I mean who doesn't love elephants they're just so cute
0: they are so, the cutest things ever, and i I would love to make a trip to to see that stuff in yep. Africa
1: when um, my clients meet me to Kenya, they actually get to go to that organization and we get to go meet the baby elephants so oh, wow. I've had a couple wow. couple couples that came with me on their honeymoon there, so they got to go and play with the baby elephants and it's just a really awesome experience
0: now when you go to places like Africa, um, were you traveling alone or
1: how does uh, that typically work? So, um, I've done a lot of travel on my own because mm-hmm. before I started leading tours there, I needed to find the right tour guides, figure out the right places. So, um, I do, I did a lot of traveling on my own through Kenya, Tanzania, Uganda, um, Botswana, uh, South Africa and, yeah it's great. I mean, it's kind of nice. to the only person on the tour because your guides just focus on you and they're like, all right, so what are we doing today?
0: <laughs> I, um, I love to do something like this. I lo- specifically South Africa is a place I'd like to visit someday. Um, and, um, those tours and those experiences are, are really great. I used to give sort of tours more on the New York city side where, where I would have a lot of, people coming in from outside the city and during while I would shoot them, I would give them my New Yorkers perspective on New York city. So, and I wound up calling that I heart New York and they would call, you know, they book an I heart New York session with me and, and they would kind of go around New York. And we had people from all over the world. It was so much fun for me, not only as a photographer, but also as a tour guide, um, yeah, just giving my yeah. perspective on it. It's
1: kind of like wildlife photography too. You know? <laughs> <laughs> There's lots, to get the it was
0: definitely lots of wild. They could see lots of wildlife in Central Park as well.
1: we'll their
0: behavior. <laughs> <laughs> the elephants are probably more well behaved than people on the subways in New York City.
1: <laughs> we'll probably see more interesting things than walking through New York.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, what advice can you give as as far as a photographer like traveling to a place like that? Because You're much more brave than I am um, going to places like that, that are, that are so remote and especially by yourself. If you're, you know, a a single person traveling alone, you know, Uh what what advice could you offer doing stuff like that?
1: Uh, Number one is do your research. So make sure I, whenever I go on a trip, I'm always double checking, triple checking tour groups. Um, I started out more on the tour side. And then as I was getting to know different individuals or tour guides um, oh. As I got to know, did I lose Sorry, I'm here. Sorry. Okay, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, so after I got to know individuals and tour guides more. Then I um, was, I felt much more comfortable traveling alone with them. So I would do group tours first, and then come back on my own and do the tours on my own. One of the biggest things too is get to know the country. So as you're doing tours, don't just go for a couple of days. Go for a couple of weeks, mm. and really, if I mean, if you can, most people don't. <laughs> in America, we don't have that type of time to take off from work. So um, but go for at least 10 days and really get to see the countryside and get to see the people who live there, because that all plays a part in the country itself. So like Kenya, it's not just about the wildlife, but it's about the people who live there and their culture and Mm. the food and getting to know them. And uh, that's Uganda is probably my favorite place because of that. But
0: yeah. And when you're there for a few weeks, you can really kind of get off the off the beaten path a little bit. And you can really get to know, you know, local people. And you can't do that, you know, in quick trips. It's just not possible.
1: No. And yeah. another thing you do, too, is there's an organization that I've done a couple group projects with or um, that I volunteered with called Photographers Without Borders. Uh-huh. And, uh And do you know anything about them? I don't. Or- Okay, so they're a and they work with NGOs all around the world, and they basically will set up a project with that NGO and then match a photographer with them. And it's oh. really great because you get to go out there and and work. I got to go to Cambodia and work with a um, a group uh, called Took, and they focused on child rights. So um, I was in charge of documenting the organization there and what they were doing. So. Um, by child rights, I mean, they actually dealt with uh, child trafficking, so kids who are oh, wow. being brought um, to Thailand, to Cambodia um, from Thailand to Cambodia. Um so, but it what it, it helped me with, most of all, other than being able to see the country and being able to see the world, it also helped me with my documentary skills hmm. that I brought back to my weddings because I was now shooting and telling a story on a real scale versus telling a wedding story. So I was able to kind of figure out, okay, how do I want to tell the story of this organization so that they can go ahead and um, get donations or put this on their reports so that or um, people see how serious they are. So it was a, a real eye-opening experience, especially if you've never been to a third world country, but also really amazing to kind of be able to tell those stories.
0: Yeah, before. and, you know, important stories. And, right? you know, at the same time being able to see – you know, a different part of the world, in, in in a way that you know, you know, few people get to see, and also being able to hone your your skills as a photographer. Your work um, is very photojournalistic. It's it's very emotional, and you know, this kind of work that you do doesn't happen by accident. And I love I love that, and I'm so happy that Ken you know suggested that I interview you and for those of you who are not familiar with her work you need to check out her website you need to go and click on loveadventurephoto.com and spend some time doing cuz you know you know what i i, I find interesting is a you know clicking around is just how different you know even just just the 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 photos that you have linked to your blog to each individual photographer uh i'm sorry uh the wedding um, is so, so different. And you don't learn those skills without really taking the time to, to, to do it. So. so it's
1: actually a funny story because I, I do realize with my portfolio, it's, uh, it doesn't really match every single wedding. Every one is so developed to each couple's personality and who yeah. they are. And when I think back to that, it goes back to when I was in a photography class and I used to have teachers who would yell at me and they're like, you need to pick one path One one path. And I was like, I can't, I'm just so all over the place. And that's just how I've always been. It's just a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I love landscape photography. So I incorporate that in environmental portraits. I love capturing those intimate moments. So I get close up for those. And I just love the documentary style and trying to find those moments as well. So incorporating that all together has just been fun and trying to get my couples also to step out of the box and try to not Feel, Which I think as much as I, I I, I think the new couples, the new younger generation is finally starting to see like, oh, I don't want to do these like boring weddings. I want to do something fun and interesting and exciting. And they're using their own personalities and bringing it to the table, which is so much fun as a photographer because you get to experience something and shoot something completely different.
0: Yeah. And, and you're right. It does take a little while to get people to, you know, say we're going to spend a whole day shooting or several days shooting. We're going to go to these different places. We're going to, you know, make this more of an experience and the pictures are going to be the result of that, you know, and it, it is difficult to get couples to do that. And, you know, when I say all over the place, I mean, there's a thread as far as your style is concerned (laughs) that is there for sure, um, but I love how, you know, relaxed these people look in, in their images. And that, that is not an easy thing to do. Um, <laughs> I love, and just specifically, I've, you know, looking through, I love the Death Valley images. They're uh, really, really beautiful. And maybe cause it's cause I connect with that a little bit. I had done a trip with some photographers after WPPI one year to Death Valley, um, and, have a new admiration. I didn't come out with any very, very many good pictures. Um, and I really didn't enjoy being out outdoors. <laughs> we were, we were, we were camping and we were car camping, but after oh, three no. days of being cold and not sleeping because of the coyotes, I checked into the hotel at <laughs> Death <Denver. laughs> They were all like, Where are you going? And I'm like, I'm going to check into that hotel over there. I need a shower. Um, that's a whole other story. This is not about me. It's about you. So anyway, um, anyway. Um, thank well, you and
1: a lot for are also because uh I spend a ton of time with my clients, both before and after, like mm-hmm. I have multiple meetings with them, really sit down with them now, everything's through Zoom, mm-hmm. so I know a lot of their personalities, so you're able to get a lot more out of them when you can joke around with them and have a beer with them, and yep. be real, so yeah, yeah, I think that's. I laughed because we were uh, driving together and um, because I hadn't seen a lot of people during COVID. I think I talked to them for the three days. <laughs> I, <spent them> nonstop. <laughs> like, I think I've been talking for like the past three hours. Are you guys okay with that? So,
0: I know the feeling. I know it, the feeling. Um, well, cool. So um, I think we're going to wrap up here. Uh, do you do any teaching or anything like that? Do you have anything yeah, coming up? So, yeah, tell me about um, that.
1: I- Mostly my teaching is through wildlife photography, so I don't do a lot of wedding um, teaching. I do one-on-one. So actually the girl in the Death Valley, I've been teaching her photography for the past five years, so I know her pretty well. So um, I do one-on-one teaching, teach them from the beginning on how to use their camera, and then I give a little bit of mentoring. I don't charge for my mentoring sessions because I just think it's kind of like a somebody's helped me along the way, I help other people along the way type thing, and that's just
0: Well, that's super generous
1: the way that I feel the, that's right just, on. I don't know. It's how I kind of like felt that I should, I never felt like I needed to charge people to help them with their photography.
0: So. And that, that's wonderful that you do that. So you can reach out to her if you're looking <laughs> for some mentorship. <laughs> Tell her I sent you. Right. Well, Thank you for sharing your stories with us today. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I've made a new friend today, I hope. Oh, me but too, Jason. It's yeah. so nice to talk to you. Yeah, it's so good to talk to you. And um, we'll put links to all, all your stuff so you guys can see her work. And uh, thank you again for being on this week's episode of Something New Every Week.
1: Sounds good. And uh, good luck with your vaccination today.
0: Thank you very much. All right. Are you,
1: which team you're on? What's that? Do you know which team? Pfizer? Moderna? It's
0: not Johnson and Johnson. I think it's Pfizer or Moderna. I'm really hoping that I don't have too much of a reaction to it. And, uh, and without getting into it, I had, we can talk about it after, but you know, I had <laughs> COVID pretty bad. And uh, so I'm hoping today goes well, but thank you very much. I, I, I oh. hope uh, I hope all goes well. So anyway, hopefully <laughs> you guys don't have to hear me all raspy voiced for this <laughs> week's for next week's episode of Something New Every Week. Take care, everybody. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks again for tuning into Something New Every Week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you do enjoy these episodes, I'd love it if you hit that subscribe button on however you're listening to this. Again, we want to thank our sponsor, Miller's Lab, millerslab.com. Great company. If you're not familiar with them, you should go check them out. Thanks again for tuning into Something New Every Week. We will see you back here next week.